Wonderful. Just before I get into my preach, I just this morning as I was praying, I uh, felt a stirring from the Lord uh, just out of Joshua chapter 1. So I'm just going to read a verse or two out of Joshua just before I preach. It's not really related to what I'm preaching on. But Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. And then he continues in talking about being strong and courageous. But the thing that jumped to me was that there was a change in season. Moses had died, and now Joshua comes to Moses, and he says, uh, sorry, uh, uh, God comes to Joshua, and he says to Joshua, he says, what I promised Moses is available for you. Now I want you to get up and cross the Jordan, go into the land, and inherit what I've promised you. And I believe God is stirring us as a church, and he's saying to us, this is the time for us to inherit what God has promised. It's time to put your feet in the promises of God. It's time for us to arise as the people of God and to begin stepping into the promises that he's given us. I've been, I've been really stirred recently about there's a season change happening now, and there's a, there's, a, there's a calling from the Lord, there's a stirring from the Lord to the church saying now is not the time just to be coasting along, just to be freewheeling. It's a time to be stepping into God's promises. You know, very recently, in fact, over the last few months, we've had some of the giants in the Christian faith pass away and are now in glory with the Lord. People like Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonker, uh, Ravi Zacharias, David Pawson, they've all recently passed away and it's it's like we're in this season now where God is saying that previous generation of saints who counted for me, who took ground for me, they have passed on. Now I'm looking for a new generation of, of people who are going to walk in the promises of God. The same promises that were available to them are available to us, but it doesn't just happen automatically. We've got to step in and everywhere you put your feet, God will give you those promises. So let's, let's, as the people of God, take the promises of God seriously. Let's step out in faith. Let's read the Bible. Let's say, God, what have you promised me in your word? What can I step in? What can I inherit? And let's be active. Let's step into the promises of God. So I just wanted to encourage you in that. Before I get into my message this morning, this is a time for you to be pressing in on the Lord, uh, it doesn't happen automatically. It's going to take step by step, just every day, getting into the Lord, getting into His presence, hearing the voice of the Lord, letting Him speak to you, and, and take, take the land little by little. Everywhere you put your feet, every, every time you say a prayer, every time you read your Bible, every time you, you make time available for God, it's you taking another step in faith. Every time you reach out to somebody with the gospel, every time you encourage someone with, with a word from the Lord, every time you take a step of faith, that is you inheriting the land. So be active about it. Don't be passive. 
Don't be on the back foot. Don't wait for God to do something in your life. God has already said, that it's like God coming to you now, saying Moses is dead, now you need to arise. You need to step up. You need to cross the Jordan. You need to take the promised land, the land of promises that God has given you. So just wanted to encourage you with that this morning before I get into my message. Now is the time for you to arise. Now is the time for us to arise as the church and take the promises of God, our faith. So this morning's message is uh, the gift of faith. And we are going to be looking at the gift of faith from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and particularly verse 9. So if you have your Bibles, just turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we're going to read verses 9 to 10. Remember that you can divide these nine gifts of the Spirit into three categories. Obviously, the Lord doesn't divide these things into the three categories we do. just helps us remember uh, what these nine gifts are and kind of or the groupings uh, makes it easier for us to remember them. So you have the, uh, the gifts of revelation, the gifts of power, and the vocal gift. So the vocal gifts. So we've already covered the gifts of revelation, and now we're getting into the middle three, which is the gifts of power, which is faith, the gifts of healings, and the working of miracles. And this morning we're going to look at the gift of faith. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 to 10 says this, The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing or gifts of healings. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Let me read that again in a different version. I'm going to read out of the Christian Standard Bible. It says this, to another, faith by the same Spirit. It's the same Spirit that gives all these gifts. Gifts of healings by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. And to another, the interpretation of languages or tongues. Different tongues, the interpretation of tongues. So this morning we're going to have a look at the gift of faith. And I just want to emphasize it's the gift of faith that we're looking at this morning. Not faith in general, the gift of faith as received by the Holy Spirit as he gives it. Now, the New Testament uh, talks about faith in various forms. And I want to mention three of them because it's important to make a distinction here between one form of faith and another. First of all, there is faith in a general sense, which is the faith to live by. Okay, And this is, this is the form of faith where the Bible talks about the just will live by faith. It's, it's the faith that's required in the life of every believer. You cannot be a believer, you cannot be a Christian without this faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says this, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things that we cannot see. 
Faith is essentially trust. It's trust in God and trust that what God has said, he is going to do. So you can really boil faith down to trusting God. But it's actually more than that because faith involves action. The Bible says that faith without action is dead. So it's not just trusting, it's trusting and acting upon what you're trusting in. So obedience must accompany belief or trust. I'm going to read a portion out of James chapter 2, verses 14 to 20. And it's a bit of a chunk, but I think it brings across this point so clearly. I don't really want to even interpret or make my own comments on it. I just want to read the passage of Scripture. So James chapter 2 in your Bibles from verse 14 to verse 20. It says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? And, and, and what, Paul, what James is saying here is basically the answer to each of these questions is no. So what good is it or, or nothing? It's of no good. What good is it if you say that you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? It's of no good. Can that kind of faith save anyone? No, it can't. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Nothing. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith. Other people have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. If you say you have faith, for uh, if you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without deeds is useless. James puts it so well, so practically, so clearly. Faith has to be accompanied by action for it to be of any value. So in other words, if I come to you and I say that I have faith, I'm a born-again Christian, you should be able to look at my life without any form of spiritual uh, discernment and determine whether or not my faith is alive or dead, real or fake, just by looking at the way I live, purely by just looking at my life, seeing what do I do, you should be able to say that person has a faith that's alive by what I do. That's because true faith is always worked out in action. But this morning, we're not talking about faith In that form, we're talking about the gift of faith. The Bible also talks about faith as a fruit. Secondly, Galatians chapter 5 talks about faith being a fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. So in other words, God pours in faith into us, and as we outwork it, it becomes fruit, it becomes part of our character. And, And I believe this is where Jesus talks to people in the Bible, where he says, Oh, you of little faith? or you have great faith. 
Some people came to him. He said, greater faith I haven't seen in any person. Other people, he said, you've got little faith. I believe this is where some people have actually worked out the fruit of faith in their life. They have a lot of fruit. They have a lot of faith. And other people have very little faith because they haven't produced a lot of fruit. Both these forms of faith, these two forms that we've been talking about, or trust is something that can grow in our life because trust can grow. You can become more and more trusting of a person or less and less trusting of a person. And the Bible teaches that the way to increase our faith or the way that faith comes to us is by hearing God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Noah built the ark by faith. How did that happen? Well, God came to Noah. He spoke to Noah. Noah heard God. He heard the instructions and he obeyed. He went and did something about it. He built the ark. Noah built the ark by faith. Abraham left his country and went to the promised land by faith. How did that happen? Well, Abraham heard God. And he responded in obedience, and he left his country, and he went to the promised land. Now, what's interesting is that both of these men didn't have a word of Scripture. They had no Bible at all. They didn't even have the book of Genesis. So they operated in faith simply by hearing God audibly and then responding. Now today... We have the written word of God. We have the Bible. We have the complete scriptures, the Old and the New Testament. And God can speak to us personally through us reading the Bible. That produces faith. When you hear someone preaching and the Holy Spirit stirs or quickens that word within your spirit, that's God speaking to you. That can produce faith in your life. When you're praying and that still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaks to your inner man and quickens that, the words inside of you, it produces faith. Faith can only come to us when we hear God. So, the, In other words, reading the Bible is a good thing to do, but just simply reading the Bible doesn't produce faith. You have to hear God through what you're reading. And so every time I sit down and I read the Bible, I always pray and I say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. Because many people read this Bible and they get no faith out of it. There are archaeologists or geologists that study the word of God simply from a, from a historical point of view in order to figure out where to dig for artifacts or ruins, but it doesn't produce faith in their life because God isn't quickening those words. It's simply information. So I'd encourage you, when you read the Bible, pray a prayer and say, God, speak to me through your word, because that is what you live by. The just will live by faith. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what we live on as Christians. It's the word of God that we need alive in our life that produces faith. But we're not talking about that form of faith this morning. We're talking about the gift of faith. So getting a little bit sidetracked here. But uh, let's, let's have a look back at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says the same Spirit gives the gift of faith to people. Now this is different. This is a supernatural 
impartation of faith by the sovereign will of God. And because it's a gift, this is important, because this is a gift, it's not earned. It's not a fruit. So it's not a fruit of character. It's got nothing to do with maturity. Let me say that again. The gift of faith has nothing to do with maturity. It's got nothing to do with character. It's simply a gift that God gives. He can give it to a one-day-old Christian. And I want you to think about this for a minute because often we see people, we see Christians operating in miracles or in faith or in healing or things like that and we go, wow, that person must have an amazing walk with God. They must be such a mature Christian. I could never do that because I don't know anything about the Bible or I'm such a new Christian. Well, that's a lie from the enemy. This, this, the Bible says that this is a gift of faith. The Holy Spirit can give it to you as he determines. So if you need faith for a particular moment, God can give it to you regardless of your character, regardless of your level of maturity, because it's not a fruit. It's a gift. Believe that today. We're talking about the gift of faith. We can receive a gift in a single transaction. When a Christian needs faith in a particular situation, the Holy Spirit can give faith. In other words, you might be in a situation where you simply don't have the time to spend with God and you know, to get into His Word and to hear His voice and respond. And over the years, your faith grows. Maybe you just don't have time to do that because you're faced with a situation where you need faith right now well, the Holy Spirit can give you faith as a gift. You need to be open to receive that. Maybe you're faced with a situation of life and death. Maybe somebody has died and it shouldn't have been the case and God wants you to raise that person from the dead. Well, you need the gift of faith then and there. That's where the gift of faith comes in. Maybe you're, maybe you're in an emergency situation. Maybe you've got no time. Maybe whatever it is, you just need faith right here, right now. Well, I want you to know the Holy Spirit can give you faith in an instant. For me, it's the exact same thing as the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. The gift of faith is the same thing. It's a word of knowledge when you need knowledge. It's not about building up a lifetime's worth of knowledge and then you've got knowledge. It's not about building up wisdom from experience. It's wisdom that God gives. It's a word. It's a portion of wisdom. For that instant, God can give it to you. And it's the same thing with the gift of faith. Your faith can grow over your lifetime because you spent a lifetime of hearing God and obeying. And so you could be a person of great faith because of that, but this is the gift of faith. It's, it's for an instant, it's for a moment. When you need faith right now, God can give you a portion of his faith and you can have faith to do whatever. Amen. I hope you believe that this morning. I hope you're seeing the difference between faith that just grows in your life and faith as a gift. Just take me preaching this message, for instance. To be really open uh, and vulnerable with you, um, I've, I've been nervous to preach this message because I kind of look at my life and I go, well, 
I haven't seen the dead raised and I haven't seen thousands of people healed. I've never walked on water or any of these kind of things. So I kind of feel a little bit um, underqualified to preach this message on faith. So I've actually prayed and I've said to the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, I need the gift of faith to preach this message. And I believe as, as I'm stepping out now that the Holy Spirit is actually giving that gift for me right now. I need it in this minute. I don't have the luxury of going, okay, I won't preach this message now. I'll preach it in three years' time when I've spent a lot more time with God, when I've prayed for a lot more sick people and I've seen people jumping out of wheelchairs and all that kind of thing. I don't have the luxury of time like that. I needed to deliver this message today. So I've said to God, I need faith. I need the gift of faith right now for this message. And that's how God uses the gift of faith. I believe that the gift of faith is a supernatural impartation of a small portion of God's own faith. It's like the gift of wisdom is a small portion of God's wisdom. The gift of knowledge is supernatural knowledge from God, but it's a word. The gift of faith is exactly the same thing. It's a small portion that God gives of his own faith. And I'll show you this from Scripture. Let's have a look at uh, some examples uh, from the Scriptures. So the first example I want to give is the example from Jesus, where he curses the fig tree. And Jesus spoke to this tree that it would produce no fruit ever again. And you read about it in Mark chapter 11, uh, verses 12 to 14, and then we'll also read verses 19 to 24. So Mark chapter 11 and verse 12 says this. It says, The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. How could Jesus expect figs out of season from the fig tree? Seems a bit unreasonable. And then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him saying it. That evening Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day, and he exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. And in some translations, it says, Have God's faith. And I tell you the truth. When you have faith like that, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Not it might happen, it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything with this kind of faith, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. So Jesus simply spoke to this tree, with faith, and it was cursed. It, it withered up. It produced no fruit immediately. And he said, have faith in God. Have God's faith. This is not faith on a human level. This is a supernatural faith. With this kind of faith, you can actually say to a mountain, be picked up and cast into the sea, and it will happen. 
Because if God said it, it'll happen. Amen? We all believe that. We all believe that if God said, mountain, get up and be cast into the sea, it'll happen. Jesus is saying, with that same faith, you can do the exact same thing. Let's, let's have a look now in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 32 and verse 30. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 35. We're looking at this kind of faith that God imparts as a gift into our life. The writer of Hebrews says this, he says, How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. I believe that in order to see the dead raised, we need the gift of faith to operate in our lives. And the Holy Spirit can give it as he determines. If there is a need for it, the Holy Spirit can release this gift of faith. And I believe that these are examples of the release of the gift of faith in people's lives. And why would I say that Hebrews 11 is this? Because just look at the people. Look at a person like Samson. No one can tell me that Samson had great faith in his character, had the fruit of faith. Because you look at his character, and I can't imagine that Samson got up every morning, spent time praying to God, spent time hearing God. He was caught up in wild living. He kind of ran away from God most of the time, and yet he operated in faith. He picked up gates, and he just destroyed hundreds of soldiers just with the jawbone of a donkey and did these mighty exploits of faith. Why? The gift of faith operating in his life. I believe that Peter walking on water was an example of the gift of faith. Let's, let's read about that. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22 to 21. Matthew 14 verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. So just imagine the scene. They're out there on the lake there's major waves, there's a huge storm, they're out on the boat, and, uh, and it says about three o'clock in the morning, so this is at night time, they were terrified. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, he said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat, and guess what? He didn't sink. He walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified 
and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Immediately, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. And he said, You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? So, after reading this encounter, I want to point out a few things to you. How does Peter, a man of who Jesus says, you have little faith, how does he walk on water? Think about it. Someone who's got very little faith, how do they walk on water? can only be one thing, the gift of faith. The Holy Spirit released the gift of faith in Peter, and he began to walk on water for a while. Once he started looking around and doubting, he started sinking. That's the gift of faith. First of all, Jesus exercised faith himself by walking on the water, but it's not clear. Is this the gift of faith, or is it just because Jesus had great faith that he could just walk on water? So with Jesus, we don't know, but with Peter, it's very clear. The gift of faith had to be in operation because Jesus actually said, you've got very little faith, but yet he walked on water. That's not possible without faith. He needed instant faith. He needed mountain-moving faith, and the Holy Spirit gave it. Like Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe that it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Just think about this. Why did Jesus say, before he made these statements, why did he say, I tell you the truth? Surely Jesus, every time he opens his mouth, He's telling the truth. So why would he have to say, I tell you the, I'm telling you the truth. If you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be moved. The reason is, is because what he was saying after that is so unbelievable. So many of us are going to go, there's no way that's possible. So Jesus is saying, listen, what I'm about to tell you is the truth. You can say to a mountain, when you've got this, this kind of faith, you can say to a mountain, be moved. The most impossible thing that you could ever think of doing, you can do it with this kind of faith. With man, things seem impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. When you have the gift of faith released in your life, nothing is impossible. You can say to a mountain, be moved. Now, some Christians, they struggle so much to believe this truth that they explain away the truth of this verse. And they say things like, well... When Jesus was talking about mountains, he was talking figuratively about us facing huge mountains in our life. And I want to say don't do that because that minimizes the gift of faith. The gift of faith, if we receive God's faith, nothing that God wants us to do will be impossible. Believe that. If you're, if you're faced with a situation where you need to see the dead raised, ask the Holy Spirit for faith and nothing will be impossible. If you only believe, oh, this is figurative or something like that, well, then you'll never walk in these things. You'll never see greater things than Jesus did happen in your life. And Jesus has said it's possible for you to see greater things. Maybe you've been thrown in the fire this morning. Maybe you're listening to this, and you're in a desperate place. Maybe someone has come to you, 
and ask you to pray for their healing. What are you going to do? Freak out or just say, God, I'm struggling right now, but, I, but I'm open to receiving faith from you in this instance. You need, you, you need supernatural mountain-moving faith. Well, God can give it to you today, no matter what you're facing, no matter how desperate your situation, no matter how impossible your situation is this morning, God can give you faith to move mountains, literally. But let me add this. The gift of faith is not a shortcut for Christianity. It's not, okay, well, now I don't need to spend time with God. Now I don't need to read my Bible or whatever. If I need faith for any instance, I can just kind of pray to God and He can give it to me and praise God. It's not a shortcut. It doesn't negate you having to spend time with God in relationship with God, hearing His voice, growing in faith like that. This is for the instances where you need a download of faith for that specific situation. But it doesn't negate the fact that we still got to walk with God, we still got to endure, we still got to persevere. And sometimes perseverance is needed. Sometimes it's not always a case of, oh, you know, God, I'm trusting for healing, I need the gift of faith, heal me now. Sometimes we've got to persevere. Sometimes we've got to push through. Maybe this morning you need you need healing. And, and, and it might be nice to think, well, God, you can heal me in an instant. But, but if he doesn't, persevere, push through. I'm going to pray at the end of this uh, message for people that need healing. And I'm, I'm trusting that God is going to heal you instantly while we pray. But if you're not healed this morning, adopt the attitude of the woman with the issue of blood. Let me, let me read that instance and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Mark chapter 5 and verse 24 to 34. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. So just imagine the scene. Imagine Jesus, he's on his way and there's this massive crowd of people all around Jesus, pushing and shoving as they go down the street. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. She'd spent all her money trying to get well. None of it worked. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She'd heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him, and so he turned around in the crowd, and he asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at the crowd around you. You're asking who touched you. Can't you see? There's this crowd of hundreds pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who'd done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told her what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. This is the faith 
that, that is developed through persevering, trusting, 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 pushing through the crowd and eventually getting to where you touch the robe of Jesus and instantly power is released. A couple of things I want to point out and highlight from this passage is that this lady had been sick for 12 years. She tried everything and nothing worked. In fact, she'd gotten worse over the years. Secondly, she heard about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. She heard about Jesus, and then she went to where she could find Jesus. And if you're in this position today, you're hearing about a miracle-working God. Go to where you can meet Jesus. In other words, press in on the Lord in prayer. Read the Bible. Spend time with the Lord. Thirdly, her thinking was, if I can just touch the robe of Jesus, I will be healed. Not if I can touch his robe, maybe I'll get healed. I hope I'll get healed. No, she thought, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. That's faith, no doubt. And then the fourth thing, and here's the point I want to make about persevering, is that she had to push through the crowds. She had to push through hundreds and hundreds of people in order to get to Jesus. And that, to me, speaks of endurance. It speaks of perseverance. There are things that I'm trusting God for in my own life. And every day, prayer by prayer, verse by verse, step by step, I'm pressing through the crowd towards Jesus. I'm pushing through the crowd that's trying to keep me from touching Jesus. I'm pushing through apathy. I'm pushing through doubt. I'm pushing through despair. I'm pushing through lies. I'm pushing through failure. Every day I'm coming before the Lord and I'm getting closer and closer to the Lord as I push in on Him with perseverance until one day I will be right there next to Jesus and I'll touch His robe and bang, power will be released in my life and I'll see a breakthrough that I've been trusting God for. I believe that for some of you, this is a word from God for you, that you need to keep persevering, keep pushing through the crowd, push through apathy, push through laziness, push through uh, comfort, push through uh, whatever it is, compromise or or whatever it is, if you're struggling to read the Bible, you're struggling to pray, you're struggling to step out in faith, push through the crowd, because there will come a day, one day when you will touch Jesus and power will be released and you'll see a major, major breakthrough in your life. The second she touched his robe, power flowed from Jesus. And that reaching out is done in faith. So you can imagine this crowd of people around Jesus, but at, at one moment there was this little hand of a lady reaching through the crowd and touched Jesus and power was released. Many others in the crowd were bumping Jesus, were touching Jesus, but no power was released. Why? Because none of them touched him with faith. This lady pushed through the crowd and touched Jesus with faith. And her thinking was, if I touch him, I will be healed. Not I might be healed, not I might have a breakthrough, not I hope that I'm going to have a breakthrough. I know that if I touch Jesus, there will be a breakthrough. I will be healed. Power will be released. 
And so if you're trusting God this morning, I really want to encourage you to persevere. Hold on to the faith that you have and persevere. Keep pressing in. Keep pushing in on God. Keep praying. Keep reading. Keep trusting. Keep stepping. That, that, that scripture that I shared in the beginning about inheriting the promised land, keep taking ground. Don't settle for what you have and think, oh, well, it would be nice to have more, but I don't know if I can take this land. They look like there's giants. Keep taking it step by step by step, and you're going to see major, major breakthrough in your life. So this morning, we've looked at the gift of faith, and we've also looked at faith in general, kind of overlapped a little bit. But I want to pray right now. I want to end this with prayer, and I want to pray that God's faith would increase in your life. I want to pray for people who specifically need healing in their body. And I'm going to trust right now that the Holy Spirit who's in you, healing power is going to be released. Faith is going to be released in your life and there's going to be a major breakthrough. For some of you, I really believe that right now there's a stirring going on in your life. You can feel like this churning. That's God working in your life. And he wants to do something incredible. Believe him. Don't let doubt creep in. Don't, let, don't be distracted. Focus on the Lord and say, God, I'm pressing in on you right now. I want to see a breakthrough in my life right now. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your wonderful provision on the cross. I thank you, Lord, that you've provided for our healing. You've provided for our sins to be forgiven. You've provided for blessing. You've provided for our adoption and many other things that you've provided for us on the cross. We are literally walking into the most wonderful land of promises any one of us could ever hope to, to walk in. But Lord, I want to pray this morning that there would be a breakthrough in people's lives. I pray for those who are physically sick, I want to pray for healing right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Let faith be released right now. Let healing power be released right now. And I speak healing over people that are listening right now. Healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I pray over people with blood disorders. I pray for healing. I pray, Lord, that their blood would come back into a alignment with your word, would be made normal again as you made them, as you made their blood to function. I pray for a cleansing to happen right throughout their body, that their blood would be restored to normal in Jesus' name. I pray for people in pain this morning, that pain would go from their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for people who are struggling with their bones, within their skeleton. Uh, people with arthritis, Lord, I speak healing over them right now. I, I, I curse that arthritis in the name of Jesus, and I speak healing over them. I pray restoration over all their bones, all their joints, in Jesus' name, that all pain would go right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for healing miracles to take place, where people who are struggling with their hearing or with their seeing, uh, Lord, I pray for creative miracles right now where you would restore sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. Lord, even if there's parts missing 
that's causing a hearing loss. I pray recreate those parts right now in Jesus' name. I pray for people who are battling with their lungs. Lord, I'm just praying for things that you're just highlighting right now. But I pray for those who are struggling with their breathing. Lord, bring healing to their lungs. Restore their breathing in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for people who can't sleep, people who have insomnia or, or sleep apnea or, or just are struggling to get a good night's sleep. Lord, I pray healing in their body that they would, have, that they would sleep soundly in the name of Jesus. I pray for all other sicknesses and infirmities and I pray for healing right now. I pray for those who have an infirmity or sickness caused by a spirit. I pray for deliverance right now. In Jesus' name, be set free and be healed in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, I just want to pray for an openness to being used by the Holy Spirit with the gift of faith. I pray, Lord, that this message that I've preached this morning would sink deep into every person that's listening, sink deep into our lives. And I pray that there'd be a new openness to being used by you and a new openness to receiving the gift of faith. Lord, with this gift, we can literally walk on water. We can see the dead raised. And I pray for that, Lord. I pray that, that we who are everyday believers would see incredible miracles because we truly believe that you can give us the gift of faith at any moment. It's not about how much Bible we know. It's not about how mature we are as a Christian. It's not about our character. It's whether we're available to put our hand up and say, Holy Spirit, at any minute, I'm happy to receive the gift of faith. And step out in obedience and be used by you. Lord, I pray for just an opening now hearts, an opening to you, minister deeply and powerfully this morning. I pray that as a church, we would walk in things that we've never walked in before, that there be greater levels of faith in us as a people, that we would be the nameless, faceless generation where you pour yourself through and revival takes place in our city and in our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. I'm hoping and praying that God is working in your life right now. I really feel stirred that God is touching you right now. Press in on the Lord and just step out in faith. Whatever you feel God's prompting you to do, remember that once faith is released, you have to act upon it, otherwise it's going to die. So don't just let, don't let that faith die. Faith comes to us in seed form. What a tragedy it would be if we get to heaven one day with a bag full of dead seed because we never acted on anything that God gave us. Let's, let's act. As faith has come to us, let's use that seed and let's see incredible fruitfulness in our lives.